As we approach this Christmas season earlier in the year, we begin to ask the question, what would it be like if the story of Christmas happened today? In the video that will be shown in the weeks ahead, and I want to encourage you, over the next three weeks, we're going to continue this throughout three weeks. They recorded a video of something amazing that took place. There was lights in the heaven, and when people watch the video, some people hear angels and some people don't. The idea is that really what would happen today is really what happened 2,000 years ago because there were people that were there 2,000 years ago and some believed while some didn't. And what I want to do over the next few weeks and what we're going to try to do is to help you and I to understand, like with the video, people would watch the video and say, did, did you see it? Do you hear it? Do you hear what I hear? Do you believe the situation that a child that had... a extraordinary events surrounding its birth could be what it really is or what they're saying it is. Maybe you're here today and you've looked at the coming of Christ Christmas, this child born in a manger, and you've wondered, is it really real? And what we're going to do today and the weeks ahead is we're going to ask the question, because I believe that God is still speaking. I believe that there are things and miracles and promises that he wants to bring. The question is, Do you hear what I hear? Do you see? We all know the song. Do you hear what I hear? Said the north wind to the shepherd boy. Do you see what I see? And I believe that God is going to open some eyes. I believe that over the next few weeks, that we're going to begin to have awe and wonder as we contemplate Christmas. So let's do this today. Let's go back 2,000 years ago and look at the original story, what happened, the thing that unfolded that has changed the world forever, that time has been marked by. We're now in 2015 B.C., right? Or no, A.D., sorry. Just making sure you're awake. Time has been marked by this event. And I believe as we look back at the story, we're going to discover that there are a lot of similarities of what might be taking place today. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 8, and we're going to actually look at the part of the story where angels appeared to shepherds. Shepherds were out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks, and these angels appeared and sang a song. That's what the story we heard about a moment ago was about. So let's read. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do you realize that the story of Christmas, the coming of Christ, it brings great joy, great joy to the world. Today, in the town of David, A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, and I want us all to declare this together. Those of you joining us online, why don't we declare what the angels said 2,000 years ago. Let's read it. Ready? Glory to God. Let's start again all together. Come on. Glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What a beautiful message that the favor of rest will come upon those. The peace of God will come upon those because of this child. So today, I, as I have meditated on this story, and we're going to go back, if you have your Bible, go back to the beginning of Luke chapter 2. I've been meditating on this passage, thinking about this passage, and the first question that comes to my mind is, what does this story say to us today? We know significantly, historically, theologically what it means, but what is it meaning, and what, what is the message for us today? If you come to Higher Vision, you know that's something I like to do, to take God's Word and apply it in a way where we can go, wow, could that be what God is saying today? The other question is I ask, why did he choose the shepherds? Why was it the shepherds chosen to be the ones that the angels appeared to tell them that this child has come? There were a lot of other people who were a lot closer to the action. And we're going to look at them throughout the story today. As I began to meditate on this passage, there's a, a big bumper sticker, one theme that it rings true for me, and I hope it will ring true for you. I believe this is maybe something God wants to say to you and I today through this amazing story of Christmas. I want you to write it down. You ready? Here's what God, I believe, could be saying through this passage, and it's simply this. You ready? God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Now, maybe when you hear that, your first response is, well, what do you mean, Pastor? As I look at the story, it seems like there's a lot of extraordinary things taking place. I mean, there's this amazing census. You know, all of these things happen. But let me tell you, from our side of history, from our side, it looks like an extraordinary thing. But from their side, those that were involved in the story, it was just an ordinary thing. What do you mean? Well, let me give you some examples. First of all, there was just an ordinary law. When we hear about Caesar Augustus, or in our story, President August, making a decree that everybody go back to their hometown to be registered, that was not really that uncommon. It just so happened that this new ruler called a census. There were many census that had been called throughout history before this. It was a way for them to count the people and tax the people, right? We've got the IRS today that we do a census every so many years here in America. So it was really just an ordinary law. It wasn't really anything extraordinary. It was something pretty ordinary. Not only was there an ordinary law, it was just an ordinary city. Bethlehem wasn't the center of the nation. It wasn't Jerusalem. It was just this little tiny town out in the middle of nowhere called Bethlehem. It wasn't big. It wasn't large. It was, in fact, the prophet Micah, here's what he says about Bethlehem. He says, Bethlehem, you're just a small city among the clans of Judah. So it was an ordinary law. It was an ordinary town. Not only was it an ordinary town, but it was an ordinary couple. It wasn't the mayor of some great city. It wasn't a magistrate. It wasn't a general or a man of war. It was just an ordinary carpenter and a young girl who was pregnant. An ordinary law, an ordinary city, an ordinary couple. Not only that, it was just an ordinary stable. It wasn't some great resort that had a beautiful pool and had a view by the beach. It was just literally a barn out in the back of the yard of the hotel where they kept the animals. It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't anything extraordinary. It was just an ordinary stable. And it was an ordinary manger. 
In fact, it was really ordinary because babies normally were put into, like we know today, a crib, right? This was a trough where animals were fed. It's just an ordinary manger and an ordinary stable with an ordinary couple in an ordinary town because of an ordinary law. But as I began to look at this ordinary story, here's what the Lord gave me, and I want to give it to you, and it's simply this. God wants to bring his promises and miracles right into the middle of your ordinary. The message of the story is that God wants to bring his promises and his miracles right into the middle of our ordinary. Now, as you read the story, here's what's interesting. The people that were closer to the action was the innkeeper. Now, there are a lot of debate among theologians, but most theologians believe there was an innkeeper. He was the person who was in charge of the inn where Mary and Joseph were at, and we don't know a lot about him, and there's debate. Was he a hero or was he a villain? You know, was he the hero, the guy that saw this young couple that was pregnant, and he goes, you know what, I'm sorry, my hotel is full, and I don't know what to tell you, but you know what, I'm going to help you, and whatever we have to do, we'll find a place for you. And he says, hey, go clean out the stable, we'll do something, we'll find a place, and he rescued them. Was he the hero, or was he the villain? Was he the guy that said, well, you know what, I would love to give you a room, but the only room I have left is the penthouse suite, and I've got some people that are coming that I know can pay top dollar, and as I can see, I mean, you're not coming in with the nicest vehicle, you're on a donkey. And you don't look like you have a lot of money. So I'm sorry I can't help you because someone's going to pay. This is my moment to cash in. So maybe, you know, if, if we can find a place, we'll throw you out with the animals. Was he the hero or was he the villain? We don't know. But here's what we do know about him. He was so caught up in his ordinary business taking care of that client and taking care of that client and making sure that room was good and making sure they had water running in that one and the air conditioner was working there and the heater was working there that when we find the list of people who came and knelt before the baby and worshipped the king we know in that list there was the wise men we know in that list there was the shepherds but what we don't have in that list is the innkeeper In other words, someone was close to the story, but they were so focused on their ordinary that they missed the extraordinary, miraculous work and power of God. They walked right by the ordinary stable. They walked right by the ordinary um, manger. They walked right by the miracle because they were so focused on the ordinary. Here's a question. Do you look for the extraordinary in the middle of your ordinary? Can you see the supernatural in the midst of your natural? Because I believe that there just might be, at Christmas, we understand that Jesus came, that there was a season of the miraculous power of God. I believe that it's possible that God has miraculous things that he wants to bring to you, but you may not even know they're there because you're so focused on the ordinary that you don't realize God brings his promises. His extraordinary grace right in the middle of our ordinary. An ordinary job, an ordinary marriage, an ordinary house in an ordinary neighborhood. You know, there's a verse that I want to read to you, and as you look at it in light of this passage, you go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. If you have a Bible, turn there. 
as I was meditating, this verse was really uh, impacted me because here's what it says. It says in Ephesians 5.16, it says, make the most of every, what's the next word? What's the next word? Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Let me stop right there. How many believe we're living in a season where evil is rising in our world? With the shootings that took place, with all the things, the terrorist attack, all the things that have happened. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And look what it says. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Could it be that what God is saying to us in this season is don't keep walking by the manger. Don't keep walking by the stable and acting thoughtlessly and missing your opportunity. You know, it reminded me of a story that this, I think, can be explained a couple years ago. Let me ask you a question. How many of you this week got a call? In fact, yesterday you got a call from me. Raise your hand. Let me see your hand. All right. How many of you did not get a call from me? Let me see your hand. All right. That means that you're not on our call list. Somehow you didn't get on there. We might have you in the database, but you're not on the call list. So just write on your connection card, I'm not on the call list. Please add my number. Um, what I did yesterday is I made a call and I prayed and it reminded me of a story two years ago when we first moved into this building it happened to be just an ordinary day and in the middle of this ordinary day I had this prompting that I felt like the Lord was saying maybe there was somebody out there who was feeling like that God had forgotten them, that God didn't know what was, you know, what was going on in their life that they felt like they were all alone so on this ordinary day, I grabbed an ordinary phone and opened a pretty ordinary app, and I made my call. And in that call, if you picked it up, it said, hello, this is Jared Ming from Higher Vision. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And, and today, I just want you to know, I felt prompted to let you know that God has not forgotten you. And he knows, all, he knows what's going on in your life, and he has a plan for you, and I want to pray for you. And so I prayed a prayer, and I said, Amen and finished with a prayer, an ordinary amen, and gave an ordinary invitation to come and visit Higher Vision Church. And when that ordinary day and that ordinary phone and that ordinary call was done, and that ordinary prayer, a week later after service, I was walking out and someone grabbed me by the arm and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And they pulled me to the side and they began to talk to me and they said, Pastor, I want you to know that two, a week ago you made a call. Do you remember making that call? And I said, yes, I remember making that call. And then tears began to run down their face and they said, you know what, Pastor Jared, I'm connected to the sheriff's department, which means I have access to weapons. And, you know, I have um, literally had such a terrible season. I've gone through all these hardships. And last week I was sitting on the couch and I wanted my life to end because I didn't think God knew what was going on because he had forgot about me. And so I grabbed my gun and I made sure that there was a bullet in the chamber. And as I was lifting that gun to my head to end my life, I said, God, if you only were there, if only you knew what was going on. And suddenly, as that prayer left my lips, the phone rang. I picked it up, and you said, this is Pastor Jared from Higher Vision Church. And you said, I want you to know today that God knows what's going on in your life. And I want you to know today that he hasn't forgotten you. And she said, because of that call, I began to weep. I put the gun down. I'm here today. I want to tell you something. God wants to step into the middle of your ordinary and do something extraordinary.
How many times do we miss God's extraordinary, miraculous power because we're not willing to look beyond the ordinary routine? Happened to me this morning. I woke up this morning and just had someone pop into my mind. So I shot him a text, someone that has been struggling in their marriage. And I shot him a text and said, the Lord put you on my mind. I wanted you to know I prayed for you today. Got a message back immediately. And here's what they said. Man, what a coincidence. How many know we serve a God who can do some things called miracles, not always coincidences? He said, I woke up this morning at 4 a.m. thinking about what I was going to do. And lo and behold, you shoot me this text. Let me tell you something. God will do the extraordinary right in the middle of your ordinary. There's another verse to this story, another part of this story that I want to read. It's found in Luke chapter 2, and it'll give a little more practical action step as you're really thinking about this. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 says, Now we know the angels appeared and they sang, Glory to God in the highest on earth, good, you know, peace to all men of his favored rest. And then the, the Bible goes on to say, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and what's the next word? It was kind of weak. They hurried off and what? They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, this word found in the Greek is not, it doesn't mean what a lot of times we think the word found means, which is, you know, we happen to be, you know, going through something in the kitchen, we open a drawer and suddenly, boom, we found something we'd lost three months ago. It doesn't mean that we put our hand in our pocket and suddenly those jeans that we hadn't worn for a few weeks, we pulled them out and we're like, oh, my keys. The word found here doesn't mean to stumble upon. Here's what the Greek word found means. It means to find by searching out. And the Bible says that the shepherds found Mary and Joseph. And sometimes when we think of the story, we think that the angels sang and they were awed by the angels and they go, wow, this is cool. And they walked from the field over to the stable and said, there he is. No, it was a city with lots of homes. And so what did they do? This is literally what they did. The, the manger wasn't out in front with a big neon sign saying, Messiah born, Messiah born. They went house to house, neighborhood to neighborhood. Until eventually they found the miracle. They said, I'm going to investigate. I'm going to start a journey, a process that I'm going to discover the thing that God has, the promise that he has for me. And how many of us are stumbling through life waiting to open a drawer or put our hands in a pocket thinking that the miracle is going to come when God's saying, I want to do something extraordinary right in the middle of your ordinary, but you're going to have to go search out. You're going to have to investigate. You're going to have to seek after the thing that I promised you. You know, that's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13. It's a verse that I quote often. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for the good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And when you pray, I will listen. If you, what's the next word? 
If you look, that's a word, it, it means search. It's a similar word in the Hebrew to this Greek word in the story that we read. If you search out, if you seek, what does the Bible say? That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. What's it saying? That the miracle, that the promise, that the things that God has planned for us don't just happen upon us by opening a drawer or putting our hand in a pocket. It's because we say, I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to join that group. I'm going to pray. I'm going to search after the promises that God has for me because God wants to do the extraordinary right in the middle of your ordinary. I'm going to end with this. There's a TV show that's not on any longer and it was called Cold Case. In this part of the, the message, I want you to know I really felt this specific prompting to share. The way, that, way it worked in the TV show was at this police station or FBI place, wherever it was, they would have a case and eventually when the evidence or the leads went cold, they would take all of the information, they would put it in a box, cover the box and go put it in the file room and log it as a cold case. And so they would go on with the next case and so this room would pile up with cold cases, all of these things that were there. But along would come a little, little piece of information or a little bit of evidence would suddenly trickle in and what they would do is they would go open that file room, they would pull out the old cold case and they would open it up and at the end of the show they would close the case. As I was meditating upon what God was saying to our church family, I began to realize that in this room and homes around the world, there's a lot of people that have a file room full of cold cases, full of promises, full of miracles, full of visions and dreams and things that they felt like God wanted them to do. But because they didn't stumble upon and open the drawer and put their hand in the pocket and get everything they wanted, they put the lid on top of it and they stuck it in the file room and they've forgotten all about it. But what I believe God is saying today is that He's given a little bit of faith to rise in our hearts in this Christmas season. A little new evidence is starting to trickle in where you and I are going to begin to remember that there are promises and miracles that God has for you. And that maybe you're going to say, I'm not going to sit back and wait and hope and just think it'll happen. I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to go house to house. I'm going to seek wholeheartedly with all that is in me. Because it could just be that at this Christmas season, maybe right in the middle of the ordinary job and the ordinary struggle and the ordinary Christmas party, God is going to step into my ordinary and do something extraordinary in my home and in my family, in my finances and in my life. Oh, the things that God has prepared, things that you haven't seen, heard, or even imagined. I believe God has promises. There are miracles. There are things that he wants to do. The question is, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see?